All right, Joe, we are back on the podcast where we are training men in spiritual fitness. And uh, there's a book I'm reading right now, Joe, by a guy called uh, Tony Fadell. I think is how you say his last name. You heard of him, Tony Fadell? No, yeah. no. Uh, have you heard of the iPhone? You have an iPhone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, heard of that, yeah. All right. You, you heard of an iPod? Did you ever have an iPod? Uh, I never had one, but I do remember them. Yeah, all right. They were yeah, they they were great back in the day. Now we don't need them because of our phones. But uh, he's the guy that led the teams that created the iPod, the iPhone, many other things. So he's kind of in that Steve Jobs world. But uh, he's writing this book kind of as a um, a mentor to younger leaders and instructing them on how to build and design great products and businesses. And he kind of takes that position of a mentor, giving good advice and tips, kind of thing. But uh, when I was reading that earlier this week, it reminded me of some cross-training stuff. I was like, oh, this is stuff that Christian guys need to hear. Because one thing he was telling people that want to build great things and want to become great leaders, young, young, hungry people that are like, oh, I want, I want to become the next great leader, is he really honed in on some of just the life disciplines that, that you don't have in your 20s. So he talked about when he was young, trying to lead a team to create great products, uh, one of the bad habits he had was he was drinking 12 Diet Cokes a day and just eating anything in sight. And he he came to this point where he realized, you know what, if I want to be the great business leader, I can't survive off 12 Diet Cokes a day. This is this lifestyle that I've built isn't working. And so he's really hammering people saying, hey, you want to be that next great leader. You got to take a look at what you're eating and drinking. All of this plays into becoming this next great leader. And that's definitely something we believe here at cross training as well i think that guys can identify with wanting to grow and become that that great leader that great mentor even you know we all want to be that that 60 year old guy with with wisdom and maturity but the truth is we all want to have the bodily discipline of a 16 year old right <laughs> give me all the doritos and the cheetos and the cokes you know can't i just eat all of that stuff and do you know live life with no you know wherewithal for what's happening in my body and still be that that wise and mature guy the truth is even this guy he's not i don't think he's a christian he's saying no you'll never be that you'll never become that if you don't look at your bodily discipline so i kind of wanted to talk today about bodily discipline and how that feeds into some of our lives as Christians and as uh, men who want to disciple others, who want to train in spiritual fitness. Um, but I want to start off by just, we talk about bodily discipline uh, across training. I want to identify what do we mean by bodily discipline? So can we give guys just a clear working definition of bodily discipline as we start off? Yeah, I think a good definition is uh, you know bringing the body under control so that it serves you instead of you serving it. Mm -hmm. um, it's not a perfect definition because it's not like we're separate from our body, but there's that sense that, you know, if we're not careful, we become the slave to our passions, our appetites. And, uh, you know, it's not that we just are eating Doritos. It's we can't stop eating Doritos and we're meant <laughs> to be doing something else right now. And that becomes a problem. And so, you know, if you just think of that, that horse, you know, a Mustang versus like the war horse, you know, mm -hmm. Uh, a war horse, you know, it's got strength, it's not deprived, but it's able to serve, you know, the rider. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what we want. We want our bodies to be able to serve us and set us up for discipleship rather than being a constant weight that's just dragging us and creating friction. Mm. Yeah. So, this is another one of these topics that I have not heard a lot on Sunday mornings. You know, we don't, uh, from the pulpit, at least I haven't, at least said, 
y'all don't need to be eating Doritos. You know, <laughs> you need to be working out. You need to be taking care of your body. This is part of the Christian life. Um, I guess my question there is why, you know, why, why are we not approaching this uh, in church or from the pulpit? Is this even, you know, a deal in the Christian life? Yeah. You know, we can get some scripture later, but I think, I think there's some discomfort with talking about bodily discipline. I think usually when effort is talked about in a lot of, you know, Christian minds, effort and legalism, they're not really distinguished. So whenever you're telling someone or encouraging someone to do something, if it takes effort, people begin to think that somehow that's me being legalistic or uh, that somehow that effort is um, separate from the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. Mm-hmm. And it's just an unhelpful way to think. Um, you know, Paul's very happy with athletic metaphors, mm-hmm. metaphors that speak of exertion. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way the Spirit tends to work is through kind of the ordinary uh, means that God has given us. So, mm-hmm. you know, we've got to disentangle and realize to talk about self-discipline um, and to say that it's going to take effort. This is not at all a call to rely on self and think that you're the one who's providing the strength needed to do it. You know, you yeah. act on obedience, but trusting it's the spirit working in you. And we've got to get that right. If we're going to talk about this topic. Yeah. There is always the argument that comes up when you start talking about discipline and bodily discipline, especially of, well, isn't that just legalism? Aren't you just saying that there's a certain, you know, what, you're just going to give me a list of rules to live by and I have to live by these, but is, that's not what we're saying here. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, first of all, we're not, we're not saying that there's a set of key rules that have to, you know, apply to everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, even more importantly, we're not saying that, you know, that there's rules. If you keep these rules, they make you righteous. Like bodily discipline does not make you righteous before God. We're talking about something that sets you up to serve God well. So it's mm-hmm. about freedom. It's not about like self-righteousness. It's about me stewarding something where the greatest gifts God has given us are mm-hmm. physical bodies so that they're an asset, not a liability to our discipleship. Yeah. yeah. One of the uh, hangups that I see a lot of people have when they uh, kind of want to avoid this conversation of bodily discipline is a lot of times we just don't want to accept responsibility for where we're at, right? We want to shift the blame. We wanna, well, you know, why am I not living the way? Any, well, you know, it's the it's the preacher's fault or it's my kid's fault. My life is so crazy because of them and I can't keep it. You know, we, we're always shifting the blame instead of taking our own responsibility, which is, that's a hard truth to come to. If we want to actually, you know, talk about bodily discipline, we're gonna have to face ourselves at some point. Yeah. Yeah. So with, I mean, if we just take that concept of stewardship, which we've probably heard before, and we know it's true for money, we've got to steward our money. Uh, we've probably thought we got to steward our time, but it's hard, but then let's just take our body and put it underneath the same, you know, rubric and say, Hey, we got to steward our body too, but that's another resource God has given us. As soon as we get into that mindset, it's kind of a no-brainer. Of course, we have to think about how to discipline this body so that it can help um, you know, that desire to serve Christ. All right. So I want to put you on the line here because I, I just said, all right, I don't think I've ever preached about you know bodily discipline in this way. But but Joe, you're a much better preacher than I am. So, so I'm going to ask, what, what does the Bible say? Is there any, where do you go to, I guess? Where would you point guys if you're wanting to actually say from Scripture that guys need to have bodily discipline? Where, where's your go-to? Yeah, you know, you Paul says a lot of interesting things about the body. Uh, the very first place I would take guys is, is 1 Corinthians 9, uh, 24 to 27. And I'm just going to read this because it kind of, it makes the point itself, but still is probably worth pulling out some key ideas. He says, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but one receives the prize? 
So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest lest having preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. I think the two key ideas there is one, uh, using that athletic metaphor that athletes exercise self-control in all things. Hmm. And Paul's not saying that we're like, have a lesser calling. Actually, we've got a better wreath than they do to pursue a better trophy. So if they're doing it for that little like, you know, championship trophy that everybody's going to forget about in a year or two. We're talking about eternal glory. How would that not cause us to want to use self-control and exercise self-control in all things? And then he gives his own example. He says, I discipline my body and keep it under control. And so, you know, there's Paul's example, you know, for his calling that being an apostle, he knew he had to discipline himself to be able to do this work and to do it well. And, uh, Later on, he says, you know, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So, I mean, there's just, we need to imitate his own self-control and his own bodily discipline that we see in this passage. Yeah, so we have better, if I'm hearing you right, we have more reason to be bodily disciplined than LeBron James, Steph Curry. You know, it, it, pick your greatest athlete. You know, uh, we've got a better reason than they do to be serious about bodily discipline. Yeah, we shouldn't marvel and think, oh, these these Olympians, you know, because they've got a gold medal in their sight. No wonder they've got motivation. It's like we've got much better things than they have to look forward to. Mm -hmm. And uh, Paul says that should translate into this bodily discipline. Mm -hmm. I I think another thing that's really important to pick up on, though, is um, the way that in Paul's thinking, the body's not evil. Um, There's a strand of Christianity that's always gotten that wrong where you have people, you know, beating themselves and starving themselves. And uh, that's a, that's a, that's an error. It's a heresy. Um, the body's not evil, but in Paul's mind, the body is weak and we have to recognize this. And just to give an example, I'm in Romans six twelve, but he says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Um, so the idea is that, and we all know this is true. The body, there's all of these appetites. There's all of these desires. And if we're not careful, like they own us, we have no control over them. And that's why later on in, in chapter eight, uh, Paul says, put to death the deeds. And here's the key word, the deeds of the body. Mm-hmm. And so for him, the body, as we're talking about the body and all of its desires, all of its uh, sometimes slothfulness, this is where that image again of kind of a Mustang, there's a way in which it's got to be broken. It's got to be disciplined. It's got to be told no. Uh, Peter says, abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul, but also be directed with good habits so that it actually has that freedom. You know, as you, as you, as you teach, you know, an animal, or as you teach something that actually can do a job better, our body needs to be cultivated in such a way that it's freed up for discipleship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's interesting as you're reading these scriptures, it it's the, the Bible does not ignore bodily discipline in any way. In fact, what I'm hearing is a higher standard that's being pitched than anything uh, that we would normally think of. There's there's actually a very, very high standard for how we handle ourselves and treat and steward our bodies, probably higher than most guys have, uh, have come to, to realize or expect. Yeah. And I think, I mean, let's just take that to its, its kind of highest notch. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is even, you know, beyond what we've said. And this is, I'm not going to drown guys with, with scriptures, but I think this one's really important. And it's also in First Corinthians. And it's, it's in a somewhat difficult passage about sexual immorality. 
Um, but what Paul ends up saying is, um, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? Hmm. And he just goes on, he insists, so glorify God in your body. <laughs> you know, so in his mind, this is an instrument that's meant to be played, you know, in, with a melody that is pleasing to uh, hmm. the ears of our, of our, of our maker. Hmm. So um, glorify God with your body. Think about that. Like that, hmm. that's just not saying just like discipline it. It's saying actually get it to the place where your body and its life and what it does uh, brings honor and glory to God. That's great. So, so then help me get there then, Joe. All right. I want to now glorify God with my body. What do you mean? And how do I do it? Yeah. Um, you know, let's go back to LeBron uh, right. or let's go back to your favorite athlete. You know, what is it about these, uh, the Tom Brady's, you know, he's in his forties, still playing quarterback. Um, how do they have such discipline? And uh, the truth is they've got something really big that they live for. And I think the challenge for a lot of guys is our lives on paper look so mundane, normal, even boring. Uh, we're husbands, you know, we've got young kids, you know, we've got just really ordinary jobs. And the first thing I would say to guys is if you want bodily discipline, you need a heroic vision of your life. And you've got to, you've got to think fundamentally differently and think, you know what? Uh, it might look like I'm just a dad and have a husband and this, this day job as an accountant, but the truth is before God, these things are of monumental significance. You know, this is every bit as important as some knight going out and slaying a dragon or some Olympian, you know, trying to break a world record. Like I've got this life. This is my calling, my one moment, you know, to step on the stage of this earth. And I don't need to change any circumstances, but how do I live this life to the glory of God and amp it up, you know, recognize the heroic truth of your own calling. And once you begin to see that, just the, the glory that God wants to reveal through your life, it begins to seem like, okay, well, it's actually worth saying no to some stuff. I've got something big to live for. And I think we need that. I think we need something big if we're going to be able to say no to all the things that you have to say no to if you're going to discipline your life. Yeah, because that's the thing, right? I, I, I see this, this big heroic vision that you're talking about of, of having this heroic vision of life. Uh, but man, along the way, there are daily decisions I have to make that affect my bodily discipline that make it hard to fulfill that heroic vision. So I don't know, what would you say in the nitty gritty there to help guys? Okay, I see the big picture of why bodily discipline is a big deal because I need to have a heroic vision of my life. What do I do today to begin to fulfill that heroic vision? Yeah, and this is where, okay, we need two things in our sights. First, we got to amp up just this, the stakes of our life and really recognize, um, you know, how significant the calling of each man is. But then we've also then have to realize is the fierceness of the battle that we're in. Like, mm. it doesn't feel like, you know, you're, you're just getting in your car, you're commuting to work, dropping off the kids at school on the way, does not feel like this is like landing on Normandy. But that's not the picture in the New Testament. Again, uh, you know, what Peter says is... Um, you know, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Mm. If you step into your day believing that there are passions that want to just rip you to shreds, that want to bombard you with artillery of desires and gluttony and greed and slothfulness, it's a different mindset. So these two things, I've got something, I've got an epic quest to pursue today, and I've got real enemies that I've got to abstain from and mm. say no to. Mm. You know, you've got to have that framework to begin to then make decisions in, in a way that's going to uh, result in discipline. 
That's good. I, I'd say also guys need to pay attention for some of the, the the crutches that are along the way on that path. There are some things that that may promise to get you further along, but are actually, I would say, roadblocks. You know, look, <laughs> there is a market for your bodily discipline out there, and people are trying to fulfill it with shortcuts. They, you know, we all think there's these shortcuts to bodily discipline. Energy drinks, great example, right? <laughs> if you wake up tired today, don't worry. Are you tired yeah. at work? We'll give you this drink and you'll have the energy you need to fulfill your day. And that, really, guys, all it is is just a crutch, right? Maybe it gets you through the day. There are pills, there are drinks, there's all kinds of stuff out there that you think and that the market will tell you, hey, this is your path to the discipline you need today. But it never really big picture gets you to where you, it's really a roadblock, right? It's a roadblock yeah. towards fulfilling that quest and that vision, that heroic vision that you pitched there. And so I think being able to identify, honestly, take a look at, okay, what are the crutches I'm re relying on right now that are really not bodily discipline? I've allowed some outside force to come in and tell me this is a shortcut to discipline. And it really never gave me the discipline I wanted. It was just some roadblock in my lifelong journey. Uh, right. I think, yeah, we got to identify those crutches. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, part of what you're saying, you know, where, where I started, it, you know, it sounds really big, somewhat abstract. And what we need to realize is um, we're talking about something like bodily discipline. It starts with the small stuff, not something really big. Um, you know, with any kind of virtue character trait, you, you can't really just say, well, I'm going to be really disciplined at work, um, but I don't want discipline at home. Mm -hmm. um, like you're not a disciplined person then. That's not really something that's taken root in your heart. You know, as you begin to develop discipline, it's something that affects the big stuff, affects every sphere of your life. And so this is where you begin to pull things into discipleship that may not seem spiritual. No. Um, so, you know, the fact, and I'm not saying everybody has to do this, but let's say the fact that one guy starts getting up early to go for a jog, he's mm -hmm. not done that before. Well, that's going to help him also get up and read his Bible. Like there's something about the ability to get up push yourself to do something that maybe you don't feel like doing in that moment that can help you at other moments as well. Hmm. And so as you begin to seek, I mean, whatever the opportunity, like you said, I mean, if instead of the energy drink, um, going to bed and yeah. getting the rest, I mean, that's a decision where you're saying no to bodily appetite in order to say yes to something more important. Hmm. And as many opportunities as we have to practice this, um, it gets better with practice like any kind of virtue or character trait does. And so looking for those concrete, really ordinary ways to begin mm -hmm. to bring ourselves in a position to where we're freed up to serve Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I think having a, a big yes in your mm -hmm. life allows you to say those daily no's. It gives you the freedom to, to, to say those daily no's. Um, but if you don't have that big yes that you're headed towards, or then, then it's harder to say those no's. I'll take a personal example for myself. My one of my big yeses in my life is I do. I want to be that 60 year old guy that can be the mentor to the, the, the 40 year old me, you know, like like there's I know there's guys like me in their 30s, 40s. They're looking for guys of wisdom and maturity to speak into them. I want to be 60, 70 year old guy that's uh, discipling his grandchildren. That's, you know, active and helping. The problem I've seen in my family line is that I've got a dad, grandfather, uncles, diabetes, and there's health issues that I've seen them make for some very poor health choices that now don't allow them to be that 60-year-old guy who's pouring in to grandkids and to you know the other men around them. And so that big yes for me 
means that today I'm I'm saying no to some some health just some you know average with daily health choices and the way I eat the way I exercise because I know long term God willing I'll be able to be that 67 year old guy who's discipling his grandkids who's there present you know mentoring guys um, but we have to have that big yes that we're saying that that's more important that is way more important than than the yes to today's whatever you know sugar and you know, overload of 12 diet Cokes, you know, like the, like yeah. the Tony, the, the author had said. So, so yeah, having a big yes, it helps in those daily no's when you're talking about bodily discipline. Yeah. And I think if, I think this is where just that, that whole mindset of being a soldier, you know, it's what is used, you know, more than once by Paul in terms of discipleship and uh, you know, soldiers, they practice discipline, you know, why, why do, why do, why are they told to hold their hands a particular way, you know, to grip them, to not leave their fingers out, you know, it's, so if there's shrapnel, it doesn't take your, your finger off in the midst of the battle. I mean, things that don't look important have importance when you've got something like uh, combat, you know, as a, as a possible future. And just this, this reality, we've been called into active service by Jesus. And so each day, you know, we're, we're, we're in the midst, we are in the battle with him. And so these little things, I mean, where we have control, we don't always have control. And so it's yeah. important to say that, you know, you yeah. might end up with a disease that has nothing to do with your own lifestyle. Um, mm-hmm. You might have circumstances in your life that, that mean that you got to, you know, stay up late serving people. I mean, there's any number of things that disrupt routine in life, mm-hmm. but where we have opportunity yes. to exert control and self-discipline for the sake of freedom to serve Jesus, you know, that's where you know, uh, yeah, let's think about what we eat. Let's think about our sleep. Let's go get exercise. Mm-hmm. Let's set ourselves up so we can have all the strength that God has put right there in front of us to have, to be husbands, fathers, church members, elders, and pour mm-hmm. ourselves out, you know, like Paul is a drink offering mm-hmm. in the service of our Savior. Yeah, I think what you're pointing to there is taking on an identity, taking on the identity of being a, a disciplined man, not not taking on a task list and say, well, I just will do these few things, but saying I'm going to be the kind of man who is disciplined in every area of life, including the way I steward my body. And uh, and I think that's a, an important vision of life for men to take is to say, you know what, this is the kind of guy that I want to be. I want to think about and take everything very seriously because this is a gift from God. My body is a gift from God and my daily decisions, everything that I have now is are things maybe you know going to turn out different you know may i maybe i make good healthy choices and exercise every day and yet i don't end up that 60 year old guy that may happen for me but I, like you said where i have opportunity i want to you know be able to be the disciplined guy and uh so yeah it's helping guys see this this is an identity that you can take on and you can be that kind of guy yeah yeah i would have guys you know there's a, there's a really interesting proverb 24:10 and just says um you know he who faints in the day of adversity his strength is weak. Mm. So it's just, you know, it's just, you, you think about that and you want to build strength for that day of adversity. And, um, you know, in these little steps of discipline, setting ourselves up, recognizing that we need strength, uh, you know, we need to be ready for battle on a daily basis. And uh, if you have that mindset, it's going to make you think more about discipline and the, the way to discipline your life for the sake of discipleship. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I guess my closing thought there, unless you have anything else, would just be that I think that the discipline begets discipline, right? <laughs> One discipline helps feed another. 
And so if guys are sitting there saying, I don't know where to start, I don't even know how to, you know, I'm, I'm so undisciplined at this. Don't try to tackle everything at once. In fact, find and identify a small discipline you can begin to uh, have now. And that will lead and encourage and motivate you to be more disciplined in the rest of your life. This is why, you know, if you want to be disciplined in your spiritual life, you do need to take a look at, well, are you even disciplined in your financial life and your health life and all in your family life? All of these things feed into each other and discipline will lead to discipline in all areas of life. So I think a good place to start is to say, guys, hey, identify some of those easy personal thresholds that the, that we would we here at Cross Training, we identify at least six personal thresholds that guys need to attack in their daily life. And I've, so just for me, I keep a card. I've got just a simple card that lists my thresholds and it lists, this is the way I want to live. And I've identified for myself, here's my bodily discipline. I put it, it's not complex. A lot of guys, what they do is they complicate this too much. They say, well, I need to take on this very big plan that has, you know, this big, no, 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 no. If you can't fit it on a card, then you're going to fail. <laughs> so just, you know, identify a few disciplines that you need to have right now in your life, put them on a card. And then I share these with my friends. I say, this is the way I want to live. This is the kind of discipline I want to have when it comes to things like the time I wake up and the time I go to bed, how much TV I'm going to watch, you know, caffeine, sugar, alcohol, social media, there's all kinds of areas of life that we can identify hey, I need to be disciplined in these. And once you identify a threshold to live by personally, share it with some friends and say, here's what I'm aiming for. What you're going to see is now you're on that path. You're on that path to becoming that guy down the road who has the wisdom and the maturity that you really want, that you're really aiming for. So if you, ha if you don't have personal thresholds, guys, that you're living by right now, uh, first of all, email me. I'd love to have a further conversation about that. Uh, or we have CT12 program, which helps you get there. This is a program that's designed to help guys break those bad habits that are impeding their spiritual growth and helps them form those new habits, helps you identify the bodily discipline that you need. So you can go to menneedhelp.org. You can see more about that program uh, at that website and learn how you can join with a band of brothers to begin exploring what bodily discipline may look like in your life. So y'all check that out and then join us again next week. We're going to continue talking about spiritual fitness training.